Welcome to another edition of Coping with COVID Lunch Hours. You founders out there, I hope you're proud of yourselves. You're the gladiators in the ring. Love what you're doing while I watch from the sidelines. But I want to help in the way that I can, and that's by bringing startup knowledge to you to help give you hope and tactics to come through this stronger. So excited about our topic today with our special guest, Arlen Hamilton, talking about the great opportunity that she sees right now in these challenging times. Before we get to Arlen, though, I want to introduce my co-hosts, Amanda Lewin, big community builder in Detroit. With She's the founder and CEO at Bamboo. Welcome to the program, Amanda. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Oh, no. <laughs> great. Awesome. And then, and then Tapan, a lot of you don't know this, but I don't think we'd be doing this without, without Tops. Him and I were talking one Sunday night and about 11 o'clock and decided to kick this thing off. Never imagined we'd have guests like Arlen. Uh, Tops is with Backstage and Techstars. And Tops, I'm glad to have you back. Thank you, David. Uh, super excited to be back. Uh, super excited to have Arlen on the live podcast. So Arlen, thank you so much for joining. Uh, for those of you who don't know Arlen, she's the founder and CEO of Backstage Capital. She started Backstage in 2015 and focuses to invest in minority-led businesses. And she has already invested in north of 120 amazing companies. Uh, I joined Backstage as part of Backstage Detroit, where when they decided to launch an accelerator. So we invest in seven amazing companies in Detroit through Backstage Accelerator. A lot of them are in the chat, so make sure you guys say hi. And Arlen recently just launched a book, which you can pre-order. I'll drop the link in the chat below. It's called About Damn Time. And I'm super excited to read that book. And oh, right there. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe we can get started by Arlen. Maybe you talk to us a little bit. Say book? <laughs> <laughs> About Damn Time, somebody brought up that book. Soon to be a best-selling book. I'm just going to put it out there. <laughs> yeah, I'll put the link below so you guys can pre-order it. But maybe, Arlen, maybe um, we can get started by you just talking about what inspired you to write the book and maybe tell us a little bit more about yourself and kind of like how you transition to uh, sharing the book and who's the audience, right? And what would they get get out of the book? It's a lot of questions, Tops. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm so excited. He, he's excited. It's a special treat. I do want to... I do. I'm happy to say all of that. And I do want to mention that I have a delay. I don't know if everybody else has one, but I have a delay. So if I seem weird, that's why. <laughs> uh, that's part of the reason why. Um, hi, everyone. Thanks for having me. First of all, having me here. Thanks for, um, and this is not something on my nose. This is the light coming in that touches my nose. People think sometimes. <laughs> Thanks for having me here. And hi, Brittany. I saw you come in. Hi, Chacho. Hi, everybody from Backstage Detroit. Really excited. And hi, every, all of my new, my new friends here. Um, so It's About Damn Time is out May 5th. You can pre-order it now at itsaboutdamntime.com. And I encourage you to do so, so that more and more people can see it. Because if you pre-order it, uh, that means that more people will uh, be able to see it in the future because of the algorithms. Um, I started, I, I wrote it because I wanted to have one place where uh, all of my uh, major thoughts and ideas were. I also received thousands of inbound messages per week across platforms. And the number one question is, will you invest in me? And the number two question is, will you be my mentor? And because 
A, I can't be everyone's mentor and B, I think there's a lot of mentoring that can be done remotely and without um, the person directly talking to you as was done for me by people who didn't know me at the time, just a few years ago. I wanted to be that. I wanted this book to be that for other people, just a part of the guiding uh, light, much like what you all are doing here. And so it is part memoir and part business uh, uh, development book. And so far, so far the reviews are good uh, from people who have, who have read it in my book launch team. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of excitement about it. People are pulling different things um, out of it that really relate to them, no matter what their background is or what their current circumstances are. And, and, and that's, that's like a dream come true to hear that from people. Yeah, I've been digging it. Arlen, what's your favorite part in the book? Ooh, I don't, I don't know if I have a favorite part because I'll like, it's like having throwback Thursday every day, <laughs> going back <laughs> over it, you know? So it's like, oh yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Cause I've been working on it for a year and a half. I like that. I like there's a part in there where I talk about um, uh, Janet Jackson, um, like that, the, the first time I ever uh, saw her perform, uh, that that was such a meaningful time for me that it was really, really exciting to write about that and finally had like the whole story out there. Um, I love talking about the lasted forever. I also think there's a there's a there's a particular chapter in, in there where I talk about um, an ex-girlfriend um, and I, I find it funny. I, I, I felt myself, I found myself like laughing at my own jokes in it. And I, I thought, I thought maybe it would resonate. Um, cause it brought back memories at the time. It was devastating. I was on the floor crying, you know, daily <laughs> when we broke up, but the, but going back and reminiscing about how ridiculous it was. Um, and you know, it's really funny. I, I, I compare it to the, to what she did to the, um, to the origin story of oranges of an orange is the new black inmate, you know, it was oh just a God. really ridiculous story. <laughs> yeah. Arlen, you, you talk about your relationship in there a few times and, and other hardships, I'll call them in your life. And one of the surprising things for me, when I get angry, I want to go to sleep. And it seems like when you get angry, you want to, you use that, you channel that energy and you get productive. How, how do you do that? That's interesting. I don't know if I've ever heard someone say they want to go to sleep when they're angry. Um, like, that's very interesting, actually. I'd like to dive deeper into that. If you have a couch anywhere, I'd like to talk <laughs> to you about that. That's very interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know any. I mean, you know, a lot of people will will go to the gym. Like I asked Mark Cuban, actually, and not to name drop, but honestly, I sent him a text a few days ago, like a few weeks ago, and I was really upset about something. And I just said, like, how do you how do you get over anger? Like, like just being mad at someone who's a peer, you know? And he said, I, I hit the gym, <laughs> like I hit the gym and then I do better than they do. Like that, those two things <laughs> get, kind of keep them going. Um, so for like, they have to get that physical energy out for me, since um, I have a bowler's body, it's like what I like to call it. I don't hit the gym too often. And so my energy is more so uh, just let's go. Like, you know, if they're going to laugh at you, let's say, let's make it so that you can say who's laughing now. You know what I mean? Every, everything that pisses me off about uh, even Silicon Valley or, or the 
the standards, the traditions, um, the norms, et cetera, that have been oppressing a lot of people for a long time, all of that to me is fixable. So why not do something towards fixing it? Yeah, I like that. I, th I think the other thing kind of aligned with that is how, how you have these huge visions. Uh, I've never been homeless. You, you talk about being homeless and having the ambition, I'll call it, to say, hey, I want to I want to see the world differently, you know, 10, 20 years from now. I want to create this fund and, and somehow, you know, using that and making it happen. I feel like there's that realistic part, you know, where I think like how how far can I get? And I don't want to take, you know, try to climb the whole ladder at once. I want to take one step at a time. But then maybe I don't get so far. How do you have that big vision? How do you do that? How do I have the vision and then go attain it? Yeah, like like when you're homeless, how, how can you envision, you know, being a venture capitalist and deploying millions of dollars, you know, when you talk about not having a bank account? How, how, does, how does that work? And that makes me wonder too, like, what are you thinking about now? I mean, I have always had a really great imagination that, that took me out of really, really uncomfortable situations, you know, and uh, I've always been told and taught, and this is, an this is something that I can attest to my mother, I've always been taught that I can do anything, I can be anything. And I've always thought, even though um, 80, 85% of my life has been uh, on the kind of broke side <laughs> and on the, the tougher circumstances side, I've always, always thought there was something that was going to be better. Um, and so when I, and I've never... There's a part in the book where I talk about that I don't believe there's any room that any of us are not allowed to be in. And I, you know, some people take that and joke about it, but I'm, I'm, you know what I mean by it, right? I don't think they're, I think we're all equal. And I think that the, the, the playing field is not equal, but I think we are all equal. And when he, I grew up believing that I was as qualified as Richard Branson. You know, from the age of 13, I grew up with the, uh, forgive me for any, any, anyone in the room who finds offense to this or finds this offensive, but I grew up with the, the confidence of a white man, <laughs> you know, like a, I really did. And if they can do it, I can and do it. It was mostly. Absolutely. I mean, because most people, especially like most successful people that I know that you all know. There, there was a combination, there are ingredients to what made their success happen. It wasn't like they are some superhuman, crazy, unattainable people. I say that and I, I, I omit Beyonce and Rihanna when I say that. Everyone else, <laughs> we, are, we can get there. <laughs> and so when I looked at these, when I would you know, watch videos or I would read books by or, or read articles about these titans of industry, I would say, cool, like, all right, I'll be there. I'll be there. I mean, they were there. They were once over here. Maybe they had different circumstances. Maybe my current circumstances are not ideal, but I'm going to break through. And there was just no doubt. And it's not to say that I didn't cry a lot and I didn't suffer a lot. All of that happened. But I always, 
it, it was always going towards something. It was always like, my day will come. I just don't know when. And that was the prob- probably the toughest part. As when it comes to what am I thinking about now? Uh, I like that question because I, I, I sometimes I just like kind of not giggle to myself. I'm not that well, I actually am that odd. But sometimes I just like think to myself and I'm like have a little bit of like a Anybody remember the Smurfs and Gargamel? Yeah, yeah. Like a little yeah. Gargamel, Snicker, anybody? Yeah, like I used to like, you know, my, my shoulders do this because <laughs> I think about like if you, if people think that this, that what I've done so far is impressive or impactful, wait till they see what happens the next 10 years. Like I have so much going on in my head and ready to execute on that. And it's all starting every, I think of it all as starting from scratch. I always feel like I'm starting from the, from the, this base and I'm going to build on top of that. And the, where, where I am now, the field that I'm on now, it took me a long time to get here and a long time to make this field uh, what it is, but I'm, this is, I'm using this base and a foundation um, for something, something even greater. You're going to keep us wondering. This reminds me of your <laughs> podcast. I think your podcast is called Your First Million. And yes, there's an episode right around when COVID lockdown started. I can't remember if it was the first week of March or the second week of March. And in there, you talked about, you know, right away, your your thoughts were, you know, this is a great opportunity right now. Yeah, I, I, I did a few um, podcast episodes like in a row when things were were starting to get really rough and mostly I mean all of them if you listen to them there are especially the first seven to ten days of it which is one one day one and one a day I was just trying to make sense of it all just like anybody else and I was just kind of thinking through because again you don't know like we can look we can even look back three weeks ago and say okay we we know what it looks like we know what that looked like but at the time it was just like that night that uh, Trump like closed the borders to or closed travel to Europe, uh, what uh, Tom Hanks and his wife and Rita were diagnosed with um, uh, with COVID nineteen or coronavirus, and um, the NBA was shut down. It all happened within like an hour. That yeah, night. and I just got on. I just had to record. I was like, okay, what do we do now? <laughs> like, what's going on? And in that moment of like, is the world ending? Why do I feel, why do I feel okay? And why do I feel optimistic, even though I'm scared, concerned? Yeah. All of those things. Why do I feel like we're going to come out of this? And the reason I felt that is because I've been around founders and entrepreneurs for several years now, just day to day, every single day, people, and not only founders and entrepreneurs, but founders and entrepreneurs who are women, who are people of color, who are LGBTQ, who are immigrants, who are uh, disabled, who are old, older, I don't, I don't know why I stopped on old, on old, who are older, all of that. And so the innovation and the ingenuity that I am surrounded by on a daily basis is off the charts. So the reason I could feel optimistic in that moment where everything felt so dire is because I knew 
that you all have this, you all got this for, for the world, you know, to me, that was just like, okay, we're going to be okay because there are so many of us who I just know personally and not personally who have observed who are just going to make something happen. And so the opportunity there wasn't so much yay for a pandemic. It was more so it's an opportunity for us to step into our greatness right now. Yeah. And I think in there too, you talked about, you know, so it seems like the so optimism. I, I think maybe something, I think there's no sound during my, during my wonderful <laughs> Will Smith pump you up. Oh, I can hear you. <laughs> like no, we, can hear we got one yeah, issue. We can hear you. Okay. Yep. Okay. I'm hearing all kinds of reboot, reboot the app. Okay, I'll believe you, go. <laughs> yep, yep, that's good. Yeah, so Arlen, so it sounds like that you've got optimism because you know there's like seven to eight billion people on this planet and, and they're all working or some of them are working to fix these problems. Not yeah. so much. Yeah, not even the problems at hand, but just like everything, you know, everything that's the nooks and crannies of not, what's not even being considered right now. Someone is considering it, you know what I mean? Like there's all this ingenuity that is just everywhere. And because it's because the past five to 10 years, even more people have been invited to the party and others have crashed the party who look like us, there's even more so uh, uh, creativity and diversity there of thought and perspective. I think around that time for me, I felt like everything I was working on is paused, is set back. My finances are getting, you know, destroyed. If I would have called you up and you have been, you know, saying, hey, this is a great opportunity. What would you have, what would you have said to get me out of that slump? Or would you just said, hey, yeah, Dave, <laughs> go cry, go cry on your own. I probably would have done both. I would have said, go feel this. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be the, like Tony Robbins and, and just like, yeah, just go, <laughs> you know, I'm going to say both. I'm going to say hurt, feel, recognize this. This is actually, this, it's okay for you to feel this. And this is actually happening to us and it's happening to us. There are a few things that happen to us and this is one of them. Yeah. Um, and so that, that sort of, that pain is real and needs to be respected, I think. And then I'd also say, I think we're in for a, a, a better day. I think there's a dawn after this darkness. I don't, I can't tell you, and I can't tell you necessarily what, how bad it'll get before it happens, but I, I believe with every fiber of my being that it will. And so you take as long as you need to mourn this, but um, know that when you're ready to come out of that darkness, you're, you're going to be coming out to something, I think, um, that you'll have a great deal to do with the, the success of. I like that. Top, so Amanda, what are, what are you two, what are you two thinking about right now? Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I think, um, this VC landscape and startup landscape has just taken a big hit because there's so many small to medium-sized businesses who are struggling right now. And I know that especially the minority led businesses are struggling even harder because they weren't always able to raise capital as easily. What's your 
intake and what's your uh, kind of feedback for all these minority founders who are struggling right now? What, what's like a couple of pieces of advice that you uh, have for them that they should be doing right now? Yeah, um, well, I've seen I've seen a couple of things going on. I've seen where it has been really tough and I've seen where people have been thriving. And the reason that some people who are in the in the minority group or if you're a woman, you're you're just underrepresented. Um, the reason you've been thriving in some cases is because we have for so long, the majority of us have for so long been living under the radar and have been dealing with, we just had a, an earthquake. I'm going to knock wood that we don't have another one while I say this, but we just had an earthquake oh overnight. And oh. we're, I, as far as I know, it was small and not too much damage. So all good. Um, and as far as I know at this point, but what my point is, is that whenever there's an earthquake and I know this is going to get a little convoluted, but stay with me <laughs> when there, whenever there's an earthquake, I think about the displaced people. I think about the homeless people first. And I think about the people who, you know, I also think about like, because I'm in LA, I think about, wow, you know, these rich people on their, on their heels and like they're, you know, you can lose millions of dollars in a shake, right? And I think about the fact that so many people who are already on a day-to-day basis, they have this, these issues, like they have, they don't have, they don't know exactly where their food is coming from. They don't have a place to sleep. They don't have this, or even people who do have homes, but it's like week to week, month to month, let's figure this out, like truly month to month. Mm-hmm. And then when an earthquake happens, it, it they're, they're literally clo- like closer to the ground and somehow there's a resilience there. But the people who are on these hills, they sort of fall, um, they have further to fall, if that makes sense, right? So I think about that right now because so many of us are so used to checking. I mean, I still to this day check my bank account every single day, multiple <laughs> times a day to make sure there's stuff in there. And there's there's stuff in there, you know what I mean? But it's because 35, 36 years of it being day-to-day is embedded in my in my brain and there's so many of us who are who are used to okay month to month making our company work week to week day to day and i think that there the some of the people who have been okay are even thriving are the ones who are always that close to the ground with it that centered to the day to day fluctuations of life and so didn't have as far to fall, that's a whole nother story of why, and that should be addressed. But I think we can use that to our advantage. It's like the name of my book, right? How to turn being underestimated into your greatest advantage. We were, we, the people who have been overlooked because we were always trying to have revenue first, or we were always, you know, we always had a tough time raising capital, or we, you know, we had these interesting markets we were marketing to, like our products and services appeal to, all of us are, are having, have these opportunities now because uh, we don't have as much of a learning curve as people who have been sort of riding high 
for so long. I've seen like very adult men sobbing <laughs> because they, they've lost millions of dollars. Um, the Seems same like I kind of leveled seen, the playing field. I don't want to go there. That's why I haven't said it. I don't, because that makes it feel like it's, this is a good thing or this is something. I just feel like if, if there's something positive to find from it or some sort of resilience you can find, you can kind of claw your way to, that is it, is that there's, there's, you probably have more strength than you know if you have been heads down working on your company and not noticing all of the people who are like floating around you and have it easier than you do, you probably are being, um, uh, what is the word? What's the word? Envied. You're probably being envied by others because of your resilience and your, your bounce backedness, you know? So I would really double down on that. I'd also, this is another piece of advice. I'd also do this. Let me see, can y'all see this? And Chacho, mm -hmm. you put this in the room for me. <laughs> I text this number and this hashtag and I sign up to my course, um, how to raise capital for your company from scratch. And there's spoiler alert, I talk a lot about bootstrapping in this course. Um, and it's a lot about resilience and, it's, and a lot of people are getting a lot from it um, immediately. When watch the first video so it's great another thing is so that's a a course that's paid and you have a discount if you if you write to that another thing i'm doing though is giving away a million dollars worth of this course to high school seniors and college students who have been displaced by uh um corona and um you can text what what is the text let me think about it it's 2020 so is my year 20, the number 2020, like the year, 2020 is my year, one hashtag to that number that I just gave. And, and uh, it's all one word. So put it all together and send that as a hashtag, make sure it's hashtag. If you send it to this number and you tell me what's, what your name is and what school you go to, um, I'll send you the link to get this course for free. And it's a full on course. It's taking up a, a great deal of my time. I, I, I'm bringing in other special guests that I'm really excited about um, that you can only get at certain, you know, price points and levels if you were in the real world doing it. And uh, so I'm very excited about it. And I'm, I'm thinking about, I'm finding out a way to make it uh, accredited. Oh, wow. But that's another story. Yeah, I'm, I'm very serious about it. We have uh, 2,778 free spots for the million dollars uh, because it's a $360 course normally. So for high school stu students and college students, there's 2,778 seats. Several of those have already been taken because I, I launched this on Saturday, I, I announced it on Saturday, but they're going like every, every day I'm getting that, I mean, not every minute I'm getting a notification of a new signup. Um, and I, I, this is really, it's turned into something really exciting to me. I didn't know how much I enjoyed teaching. Yes. Yeah, raising yeah. capital is, is so huge. I've seen so many people who, who try to raise capital. They spend their whole life as a company CEO trying to raise capital instead of actually working on their company. And it sounds like your course will really yeah. help help them avoid that. This uh, is yeah. exactly right. That's 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 the theme of it. Now there's yeah, definitely I do wanna... stuff there to help you talk to investors, of course, because I'm an investor, but 
it's a it's a holistic view. Yes, tops. Yeah, I know. I, I just I just wanted to kind of double down what you just said earlier that you talk about bootstrapping in the course, right? And and kind of going back to what you said before that is, it's in a lot of the minority businesses. It's it's in their DNA because they weren't able to raise capital. It's to be cash flow positive, to bootstrap, mm -hmm. and that's actually one of the reasons why you see big companies who have raised billions of dollars like we were struggling but when you go to local shops they actually have six months of runway and right now they're out here helping everybody in the front line right and i think that's part of the bootstrap mentality and i can't you know say this enough that course is probably will be really really useful because bootstrapping is kind of one of those things that you need to learn because in the past 10 years when vc capital is just available everywhere people forgot about you know what even cash flow positive is how do you make sure that you actually have money coming in and have money saved up so uh i appreciate you sharing that uh earlier today yeah thank you um yeah i um you know another thing we talked about very quickly as soon as it was announced the stimulus package is we got on immediately i'll drop Cuban again and made it very clear that you should not be ashamed or worried or guilty to apply for these 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 uh, loans and these things from and forgivable loans from the SBA because from for mostly because it's yours already I mean this is what you pay taxes for this is this is why you are a citizen um, and so we have been encouraging that too you can go to backstage capital.com slash resources no 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 what's the it's a i'm sorry slash together slash together um and get all kinds of information from our cpa i brought my cpa in and said can you give out some free information to whoever needs it um brought our legal team in same thing we just want we just want everybody to be as short up as possible so that we can go out and, and all of us try to kill it yeah well, we got some questions piling up down there. Amanda, anything you want to add, comment, ask before before taking us into questions? No, I love this. I think we should uh, hop into questions and hopefully we'll see a couple more come in from the audience. Chacho also dropped in and tops all the links that we've been referencing Arlen. So hopefully folks check out those pages. Question number one, Arlen, as a woman of color, how did you build your team and personal support in a conservative society? Oh, in a conservative society. Well, I just didn't care what, what about, and I appreciate the question. I'm not laughing at the question. I'm laughing at the conservative people because I don't, I just didn't care that um, anybody would have any, any thing to say about how I built the team. In fact, um, I would go out and, and we'd put a picture up of our team because we've had everywhere from to three people to, to eight to 45, uh, uh, including consultants down to, uh, I think we're at six, um, six or seven. So we've had all, all these different iterations of what backstage team crew looks like, but each uh, along the way, uh, at least for the last couple of years, I have said that if you can find a more diverse venture capital fund and a team, <laughs> I mean, don't even get me started on our portfolio because we, we outrank everything on our portfolio, but our team practicing what we preach at home, then I will send you a thousand dollars if you can, if you can prove that to me. And I especially was true last year when we had more people and it was just so intentional because it had been, I mean, how could I, as someone who is 
is screaming at the top of my lungs on the mountaintops to that people need to be diversifying their teams and their investments, uh, the people they invest in, in more ways than one, and then not do that in my own house. It wouldn't make any sense. And so, the, and not only that, and more so, more importantly than that, I believe what I'm saying. I believe that it's more lucrative and that, and it has been for me. I am, I am more successful because I have a more diverse team and I will continue to be. There's just more people to pull ideas and thought and criticism, critique as it were, all of that into the pot. And um, you, I don't think I would have had that if, my, if it had been homogenous in any way, even if that meant, uh, you know, not diverse is also five black men from the same college. That's not diverse. Mm -hmm. So I just try to think about it like that. And ultimately, uh, I stopped thinking, uh, stop, I should say, listen to my words very carefully. I stopped thinking about what people uh, think of me along like a few years ago, a few, a couple of years ago. I always care, but I have stopped thinking about it on a day to day basis. It's an interesting distinction that you care, but you stopped thinking about it. Yeah, the thinking about it is a distraction. Yeah. About what the what this person over there, that person over there thinks of me. You know, uh, and if and if it is a if it is a a constructive criticism or something that needs to be done, I just did it to, today to myself. I self I self edited a tweet where I said, "Send this to your mom," and then I deleted it and I came back and I said send this to your mom if you can I'm checking my privilege you know it's an exhausting life I lead but but I, <laughs> you have to do that because you know you just want to say it's a privilege to have my mother I'm able to text her you know um so I, but to, but if so it's a if someone has like constructive criticism or something that they're saying you are you are hurting me by saying using the language you're using or by promoting the person that you're promoting. It's, it, it feels bad. The same way I've been saying to other people, I will listen to that. If, I, if there comes a day, even when the book does really well, which I think it will, and even when um, things 10X, which I think they will over the next couple of years, if, if any of you see me out in these streets or in these Corona streets at home, and I can't take constructive criticism, y'all need to check me. <laughs> Something has gone wrong. Something has gone off the rails if I can't sit and have a conversation with someone because I'm not great at it today. I'm not great at constructive criticism. It, it's, I'm human, so it's, it, it always feels personal. But I, I always get to the point where I self-reflect and I, and I get there and I make a decision based on what I feel is right. If I can't do that self-reflection, analysis of myself and, how, and my behavior and my action and my words, uh, something has gone wrong. I've been kidnapped by someone. Uh, <laughs> if that happens, Chacha son in the in the chat box. He's around to keep you on your toes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chacho is around. He's going to take over backstage. I, I, I'm I'm almost certain of it. He has his plans, um, and I feel like Chacho is amazing. Is like a secret agent for him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next question. Did you use the same marketing skills you used to build your fund to market your book 
And what marketing suggest, uh, suggestions do you have for founders today? Oh, that's a cool question. Uh, yeah, yeah, I like guess so. I use, definitely use the same skills for sure, because it's just so, it's just so native to me. Um, I've always going back to like that bootstrapping mentality. I've, I've never had like marketing dollars before. So I've always had to be creative and it always came down to being authentic, you know, like building something. I had many things that I put out into the world that nobody cared about (laughs) (laughs) and nobody clicked on and nobody wanted a piece of, and nobody wanted to buy or whatever. I've had that all the time. I've had that many of that. The things that have really, really gone well and have a, a kind of work without me doing any pushing any buttons further or or that's one way that you can tell it works without you doing anything or when you do apply paid advertising to it it's like gangbusters it's like a fire those things have always been super super authentic first it's always been i'm excited about it it's something i find to be fun like the book to me is, was fun and thrilling. And I feel at the, the core of my being that it will help people. Like, I don't feel like I'm, I'm, I'm selling, you know, uh, uh, snake oil with it. I feel like it's, I would be, I, I, it's valuable. It's, it's worth way more than the price of admission because you're gonna probably, a lot of people are gonna change their lives and it's just the way it is because I've already seen it happen. So it's those types of things where I'm just so excited. That's how I feel about the course. Like you hear online course and, and for so long, I never, I was like, that's kind of salesy and weird. I, people have already written me in public or behind the scenes to say, I've already, like I've already saved thousands of dollars because I was going to spend it on this thing. And you taught me don't do that. And now I have this extra money to spend on my actual company rather than on marketing, for instance, or this or that, the other. And I know that this is just the beginning. We're 10 days into this <laughs> on the course. <laughs> I have college students from all over the country and uh, that are, who are gaining so much from it. I have entrepreneurs from all over the country and the world now who are gaining something from it. All of that is easy for me to talk about like this over and over again. It's easy for me to, to put this up and say, go check it out because the, to be honest with you, the course should be like $2,000, but it's 360 with the discount, <laughs> with an additional discount. So, and then it's free for 75% of the people. So those types of things, yeah, they're going to catch fire because I put everything behind it. The book, I had a six month book tour planned. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I lost six figures multiple multiple times or uh within a 72 period 72 hour period in march when everything was canceled all of that happened at once so yeah of course my my book launch has completely been revamped and changed but uh it's all it's like i feel so um it's all very meta because the entire book is about being underestimated going from nothing to something arlen how do you feel about losing to get you to get away how do you feel about losing yeah, six figures in 24 hours when you used to make like 30 or $40,000 in a whole year? And now you can lose that much. I didn't, in, I didn't used power. to make 30, 40,000 in a whole year. I used to make 20, like the most I ever <laughs> made was like 20,000 in a year before. Like, seriously, I've had zero years. I've had $5,000 years. I've had $20,000 years, even when I was on tour. 
because wow. you only work a few weeks, even if you're making good money. So that was definitely a conversation I had. Um, I said, you know, I've, I've lost more in 72 hours than I've ever, ever, ever made. And it was, this was going to be a banner year for certain milestones for me. Um, you know, the way I feel about it, I remember I was in an Austin hotel. <clears throat> Chacho had just left because we had just recorded the audio. It was March, uh, I think, second, third, and fourth, like fourth. And this is all happening. And I was canceling South by before a lot of people canceled. And they were just like, what's going on? What's happening? South by has to go on, you know. Um, and I just lost like all of these dates. And because my speaking fee is, 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 I've built that up to something. And so I lost all these dates. I lost all this opportunity to be in front of people with the book. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> um, I kind of giggled again with my Gargamel giggle. I, I just kind of <laughs> laughed at it. I just kind of laughed. I said, this is nuts. Okay. All right. What do we do now? And then I just, I said, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's, you know what? Let's turn several hundred thousand dollars into several million. Let's go. Oh my gosh. That seems like your superpower to take, take these seemingly negative events and turn them into fuel for your for your fire for your rocket i think that kind of ties to our next question too um which is how do you help or what do you do to shift your mind from scarcity to abundance oh yeah um most of my life has been scarcity and i survived it so what i do is and this is something that we all can do is we have, I think about the fact that we have so much power and how we frame our own lives, how we frame what success is and define what success is. Right now, each of us, and I should actually do a, um, Chacha, if you remind me, I need to do a, a, a module about this, like a lecture about this, because right now we can all save ourselves like $100,000 right now, if you're raising money for your company, you could just save yourself right in this moment, $100,000 by reframing what success of a raise is, by reframing what you can do with X amount of dollars and turning that into, if you're trying to raise $200,000 for whatever reason, if you can change that into, I only need to raise 25,000, how much, how much power did you just give yourself? And, and you can do this. There's so many ways you can do that. You can say that. So I, the way I restructure, the way I think about it is I create the abundance in my head because the scarcity becomes the abundance. If I, if, if I could, if 10, the number 10, $10, 10 of amounts of things, whatever, 10 books, whatever, 10 can either be, I only have 10. Oh. Or it could be, I have 10. I've got 10. Uh-huh. Make it, I've got 10. Okay, i got 10. All right, okay, cool. That's where I start. That's how I think about it. I love that. So, uh, I think I might have to keep going. I'm going to just charge my, my little phone, my little uh, laptop here. Keep going, I can hear you. <laughs> okay, no worries. We have a few more questions and Jack from in. We only have 10 more minutes with Arlen. Uh, so we'll try to get through all the questions. 
Uh, next up, Arlen, you have a crazy, passionate team behind you. How do you cultivate a team, which we did talk a little bit about, but, but also stages of leadership? I know you've been mentoring Chacho. Maybe you could share a little bit about that. Yeah, Chacho, um, and he doesn't have a mic, so I can say it whatever I want. <laughs> We're Chacho, use <laughs> he has a great, actually, there's a great, um, his, go to his, type in your, your Twitter and everything in your, your blog post about being an apprentice and the Business Insider interview or article, but he has a great story. He also has a great video and audio on your first million podcast look up chacho's sorry my my belly is doing all kinds of things look up chacho's article and thing you just link to everything chacho (laughs) 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 your story but he yeah like i mean i think about um i've always just wanted the company that i would i want always wanted to build the company that i would want to work at which is not a correct grammar way of saying it, but that's what I've done. Um, and it's not, I don't always get it right. I mean, anyone here who's ever led a team knows that it's almost, it's impossible to get it perfectly right. There's always going to be issues. Um, most of our issues have have stemmed from lack of capital for operations for the most part um, at any given time. So sometimes we'll have it, sometimes we won't. And that stress usually leads to other stuff. The rest of it, though, is just you, you, you're, you're working on a agenda of different dreams for themselves who in, within the company have different levels of interest in the company itself. Some people, you know, very openly say, I just this is a paycheck for me. And others are just like, this is my life and I hope to to be here forever. And you, so you have all of those different things. And what I like to do is just this is what I strive for is I, I strive for it to be a company that I can be proud of, that I, that I would want to work at if, um, if I were looking for a gig, that um, it, the way I go into it, and it's like, especially with Chacho, is the way I go into this is I want, Ch- Chacho has a job with me as long as he wants, unless he acts up and he knows that he's not <laughs> As long as we can, as long as, you know, we're, we're a company, he has a gig um, and we'll, we'll try to make that happen even through the Rona. But, but what I, what I hope for him and what I hope for so many people that I work with, for Brittany, for Christy, for Lolita, I see her doing, I see Dell, see Tops. What I, what I love is I sincerely love getting updates. I just got a gig at this place or I just started my own is most likely what Chacho's going to write to me one day if he's not writing to me from inside the (laughs) (laughs) you know it's like for us to be a stepping stone for someone to me I probably I probably should have been tipped off to the fact that I like being a teacher earlier because that's what it feels like it feels like backstage is your is like your your finishing school and if you can go on from here and start your own fund because you became an angel investor or start your own company or consult other founders or any of the anything or just do something completely different outside of this industry to me that that's like a greatest compliment you could ever give me and so that's what i go into these conversations thinking about i your first day with me i'm thinking how do i help you reach your goals and your dreams 
And if, oh if you start there, then you're going to inevitably be a good leader. Oh my gosh. I love that. Arlen, you talked about being cash strapped and having those operational challenges. How do you, how do you recruit the people that are going to get you to that next level when you're, you know, having those cash challenges? How do we recruit? Um, sometimes you can't. So, I mean, I know that's not the best answer or the, 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 the most convenient, comfortable answer, but sometimes <laughs> you just simply can't got to pay the bills and you have to just be really aware of what your needs and your desires are compared to what people need. And so I always, I also too give people an out and I say, if you're not okay with this roller coaster that we're on as a startup, I'm going to be the first person to help you get another gig. Um, recruiting though, you, you will know if you're, if you're onto something really great with your company, if you can recruit in any, any kind of time. I still, to the, I mean, I have people, there's a waiting list, hundreds long of people who want to work at backstage and the good times, and the bad times. And so you make it more about um, just building the right company and building a company that seems inclusive and seems attractive. And you can go do that. And then more practically, if you don't have a bunch of capital, but you desperately need a hire. And I, I, I really, you know, say, make sure you need that hire before you go out. Because again, think of their needs instead of yours. But if you, if it really means that you make or break to have this hire, that's when you start talking about how, how, how um, uh, valuable your equity could be. And instead of giving it away to a, to a investor for however many dollars it'll last you for a finite amount of time. Think about what you can offer someone who you really, really believe in, who then in turn believes in your company so much and in you so much, they think that's actually worth something or will be in the future. So I would say really think about equity and, and what that person can exchange uh, for you needing them there. And it may be a time where you do things you, you weren't, you would said you wouldn't do like numbers start going where you're like, I would never give that much away. But if you think about it, and I don't mean, you know, please think about it, but if you are, if you are willing to give that much away to an investor who will be on the sidelines and their cash will eventually run out, think about how important this person is to you. So that's one way there's other ways. And, and um, I don't think we have the time for the other ways, but those are two (laughs) mindsets and a practical. No, I, I think we only have time for one or two more questions, but Shasha did post how to get office hours with backstage which a few of the questions touched on that. Um, And we have a special request for this question coming from a black woman. She wants to hear your advice, Arlen. She's been bootstrapping her business for the last two years. Recently, she saw a white guy on TV promoting a similar business model. Now she's looking to enter the market and scale faster, which she knows which require um, investors. How would you tell her to seriously compete? Um. I don't know yet that you, it would require that you need investors. I don't know that to be the, the, I don't want to get like, what does it mean? You know, what does mean mean, you know, but it does you, because you saw a white man on TV with a similar product. Why does that necessarily automatically mean you need to go and find a a few other white people to invest in you, (laughs) to be quite honest, you know, what if that just is a, a indicator that what you're working on is really valuable and needed and you have some sort of, like what you're basically saying is, and again, we may talk for 15 minutes and find out that you're absolutely right. 
But what comes to mind first is what you're basically saying is how do I how do I go out and scrape for capital that doesn't belong to me? So I have to beg for it in some way, shape, or form. Get that capital to just be like this person that I don't know very well and just be emulate him instead of how can I stand out completely from this dude with something that I know is is valuable because he's already tested the mark. He spent the marketing dollars for me. Thankfully, I'm going to point to his ad or point to his interview and say, yep, we're doing that. But you know why it's, it's, it's 20% better. It's because we're using this instead of that. To me, the race that you want to run is on a different lane that you're than you're than you're pointed at. That's just my first uh, uh, opinion, uh, in, impression of it. Yeah, that seems like your whole mantra to turn perceived weaknesses into strengths. How to turn being underestimated into your greatest advantage? Exactly. Um, maybe we can take one more, Arlen. Is that okay? Yes. Uh, and, and again, Chacho posted office hours and he posted in the links for the book and for the upcoming course, which we'll share in our email afterwards, guys. So you can catch up on all of that. Office hours are amazing at backstage. So I would highly recommend finding that link. I, I want to ask, what are your primary investor criteria that come up when you're, what are you looking at when you want to invest in a startup? Yeah. Um, you know, I've been asked this question at least once every day of my life for the past five <laughs> years, and I still don't have a great answer for you because it is so much an X factor. It's so much a determination of what your current circumstances are of, of, of what, what I'm looking at. We, I can tell you that we do have several people on the team who look at companies. So my best advice to you would be to go to backstagecapital.com and look at our team, see what we've invested in, see what the team members, uh, uh, descriptions are, see who might be in tune with what you're doing and, and contact them at their first name at backstagecapital.com. That would be the way that I would do it if I were you. And, and you probably want to follow my advice because I got here. Uh, I ultimately, I'm going to be looking for the found at the founder. Um, and Brittany's in the building too. She still, she may still be here and she's our head of deal flow. So she sees a ton of companies too, but I personally am going to be looking at, at founders. Mostly I'm going to be looking at things I've, I've, recently come to the come to the understanding that I'm more attracted to things that I know would take me at least 10 years to understand 10 years to uh, execute on myself so if you bring me a company that I feel like I could figure out within 10 years I'm probably not going to be as excited about it but if it's something that you have so much it's either so far outside my realm of of understanding so that it challenges me or it's it's, you you spent so much time getting to this moat that you had that I couldn't figure it out in 10 years. And you've seen what I've done in five. So if I can't get there in 10, you need to be sending that to me so that I understand. So that I, so I'm like, so that I can be like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to back you because I'm not going to be able to do that myself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You want to back people who seems like they can do the impossible. Yeah. Not even the impossible because I don't, I don't want to make us like we're, we're human. So it's more like it would take me literally 10 years or more. Like I could get there, but it would, it's not worth my, the, the small, short amount of time we have on this earth for me to learn it. I like that. Great answer. Well, Hey, all the, all the guests in the chat, can you give Arlen the virtual clap and Thanks, Amanda, let's give it up for Arlen for spending time with us. Thank
Thanks, y'all. I'll see yeah. you on the online course. I'll see you with my book. It's about damn time. If you if you missed it, you're just joining us. <laughs> One last time. <laughs> because you know it is. There's a double book. I'm double booked. So thank you so much, Arlen. Thank you, everyone, for joining us on another episode of Coping with COVID. And we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to our Coping with COVID series brought to you by Bamboo Detroit. If you would like to view all of our virtual episodes, you can go to www.crowdcast.io forward slash David Silva Smith. Again, that's forward slash D-A-V-I-D-S-I-L-V-A-S-M-I-T-H. This podcast is produced and brought to you by Bamboo Detroit, located in the heart of downtown Detroit. Bamboo Detroit specializes in co-working space and amenities for entrepreneurs and forward thinkers. Bamboo Detroit, where we do more together because Detroit is for doers. If you would like to support our podcast, you can become a sponsor of the Doers Network. We have gold, silver, and bronze packages available. If you have a business you would like to promote, you will be able to reach over 10,000 listeners around the world each month at your fingertips. So if you want to reach our audience of founders, CEOs, innovators, and leaders, become a sponsor today. For more information, email us at info at bamboodetroit.com. We appreciate your support by subscribing to our podcast right here on the Doers Network. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Doers Podcast, where actives grow and thrive. The Doers Podcast is produced by Bamboo Detroit Network. For more information, visit us at bamboodetroit.com.